Hi, this is Phil Bronstein, the editor, and you're listening to a San Francisco Chronicle podcast. Hi, this is Tim Goodman, and welcome to another TV Talk Machine podcast. By now, all TV lovers have figured out that this summer, the cable season exploded with quality series, and the fall has come for broadcast networks with barely a watchable series. In August, part of the cable explosion included David Duchovny's return to television in Californication for Showtime. Duchovny stars as Hank Moody, an acclaimed writer who finds himself in an emotional spiral after moving to Los Angeles to watch his book get made into and ruined by a movie. In the process, he loses the woman he loves but didn't marry and only infrequently gets to visit his daughter. Hank's spiral into booze and women, excessive cigarettes, and a general blur of his own life is wonderfully portrayed by Duchovny, who turns a mostly unlikable misanthrope into an almost lovable loser. Californication became a critical sensation and a jewel in Showtime's new crown, which it seems to have stolen away from HBO. The series has already been picked up for a second season. Tonight is the penultimate episode, and next Monday, October 29th, is the season finale. No doubt scores of new fans who don't subscribe to Showtime will discover this series on DVD. I interviewed Duchovny today, October 22nd, as the actor watched the devastating Malibu wildfire get nearer and nearer to his home, a news watch he's been on for a couple of days now. About half of this interview was done on a cell phone, and there was some white noise interference. But hang in there. We switch to a landline, and it all gets much clearer. Hello, David. Yeah. That's Tim Goodman at the San Francisco Chronicle. Hey, how are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm just uh, I'm in the middle of sanitizing every episode and watching uh, <laughs> my neighborhood burn on television. It's an interesting day. Oh, you're in Malibu. Yeah. Oh, man. Sorry to hear that. Is your place in danger? Uh, yeah, but uh, we're in danger for two days, so... Oh, man. So far, they're doing, uh, you know, they're doing a great job protecting the structures anyway. Oh. Sorry to hear about that in advance. No, it's, uh, well, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of bad stuff happening, so... Yeah. Every, you know, every everybody's out, but everybody's safe, so... That's good. And you, um, you say you're sanitizing. Are you guys, ma- are you making stuff for syndication now? We're making uh, the safe TV, you know, in uh, yeah. case the show ever syndicates or plays on airplanes with young children watching. <laughs> we're uh, sanitizing it. It makes no sense at all. I guess they were able to do that with The Sopranos, not to great effect, but how, how the hell are they going to do that with Californication? The Sopranos was awful with that way, and it will be just as bad. And I think what they started to do with The Sopranos, I was told, is they started doing alternate takes. And I think if, if Showtime is serious about syndicating the show, then next year maybe we'll do that. Yeah, that seems like extra work, though. Are you going to get a pay raise out of that? Yeah, it is, it is <laughs> extra work. You know, you've you got to say, I can't freaking believe it. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, uh, I did a podcast this morning with uh, Ricky Gervais, who actually is, I guess, shooting a movie with your wife right now. Yeah, yeah. She's in New York, thank goodness. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the kids are there, too. So it's actually, it's kind of, it, you know, if there was good timing for us in terms of this fire, this is good timing. Right, yeah, if there's any way that that is, there's any good in that, I guess it's to be... I'm looking for the silver line. You're looking for the silver line, exactly. Uh, and an interesting uh, twist in that, uh, you know, I don't, I'm not sure what his role is compared with uh, your wife's, but uh, she must have, uh, you certainly have it better when you're on Californication and the Hank Moody character. The people you get to shack up with, why she possibly might be shacking up with uh, Ricky Gervais, not quite the same thing. Well, you know, women go for the funny, men go for the look, so That's, it just makes sense. Exactly. Well, listen, you're, uh, I, this is going to go up tonight, and then I'll be doing a story in the Chronicle uh, next Monday for the finale, uh, season, uh-huh. season finale. And Californication on Showtime has been one of the, one of the I, I think, one of the breakout shows this year, uh, not, not only on cable, but uh, anything, just because the comedies are so hard to do, as you well know. 
This one is uh, uh, smart, sophisticated, uh, doesn't pander, which is a, which is great that it doesn't pander right. to the viewer. But I'm wondering what 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 about it? Just just to get people caught up quickly, what what brought you back to television? Uh, I'm guessing it was obviously to play Hank Moody in some way, and to be on cable rather than broadcast. But what specifically what brought you back to, to television? Well, you know, it was the cliche, the perfect storm for me. Anyway, it was uh, it was a combination of that character. And when I think about when I, when I think about television, I never think, oh, it's it's going to go for ten years. Although my experience, I've done two pilots, and they both lasted many, many years. So <laughs> I should probably think like that. But I just think, oh, that's an interesting character to play. And then um, having talked about where the show was going to go with Tom Kapanos, the creator. Because I just didn't want it to be like, oh, you know, this is about a guy who has sex all the time, and it's about TNA, and it's kind of like a softcore porn. <laughs> I didn't want that to be the show, and he told me about what his vision of the show was, and I said, okay, well, then let's do that. And then, um, I mean, it was uh, a combination of, of that and, you know, the kind of freedom that you get on cable, uh, not the least of which is the, is the freedom to use the full uh, glories of the English language. Uh, I don't understand. I'm not understanding that at all. You know, I think that to have access to curse words, uh, unfortunately, we're not able to do that on network television. But it really hamstrings the way one speaks because one does speak that way exactly. in life, and there's always a kind of false quality to network dialogue in a way. I guess it's accepted at this point. But if you stood back, you'd think, oh, there's something missing. Right. Uh, right. And then, and then it was. Uh, the fact that I could do a full season in 12 weeks as opposed to 10 months, so, <laughs> and that, I, that I'd be doing it in, in my home, right. uh, in what used to be my home, anyway, uh, maybe after today, yeah. and that I, I could be in the same city with my kids for, it could coincide very easily with the school year, it just seemed like kind of a perfect gig if I could make it artistically what I wanted, and, and this year, thanks to Tom Kapanos, uh, it really was. Yeah, I mean, Tom certainly has nailed that character. And uh, the thing about Hank uh, that, that that struck me when I first saw the saw the pilot at the press tour or after the press tour was that uh, you know, he's got Hank's got this kind of Zen jadedness about him that's kind of hard to describe. Uh, he he's he's clearly in a down cycle, but yet there's a little bit there's a little bit of part of him that seems to sort of like revel in that kind of unshaven, slightly drunk, slightly... Yeah, well, it's, it's certainly fun to play. I mean, I, I, what, what I responded to in terms of, like, a comedic uh, tradition was, you know, the guy who says whatever's on his mind, you know, damn the torpedoes, you know? Right. And, you know, I, I, there's obviously, like, a very rich tradition of comedic characters who, who are kind of somewhat angry and loose cannons, you know, and I, and I thought, well... I never gotten to do that. I just thought this is the kind of sophisticated, what I always thought of in my mind as seventy style filmic comedy right. that I've been I've been grousing about for the last five or six years since I got off the X Files. Is why the f can I find a sophisticated adult comedy for me to do? Well, it just happened to show up on Showtime rather than uh, in movies, which is what I where where I was actually looking for it. Right. Well, I mean, especially in a, a comedy in movies these days, that's you know they're they're almost they're almost also you know they either revolve around Christmas time Santa Clauses or or, or some kind of you know family misadventure. Uh, well, exa exactly. They, you know, I don't think you're seeing unless there's an independent film that I'm missing. Uh, you're not seeing this kind of I don't know what to call it. Uh, uh, 
battle of the sexes comedy or sophisticated adults uh, sexual farce comedy. I don't know. It, it's kind of a very interesting uh, combination of many things that Tom's been able to, to come up with. It's sometimes, you know, goofy and childish and, you know, all the things that people are. Right. Well, that, that's exactly the, the hard part. I mean, how would you describe the, 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 the Hank Moody character? Because a lot's been... I mean, I've tried to get it at it some way, and, and and like I said, you know, sort of the, the best I could get that gets his essence is he's kind of like, you know, he's on a down cycle. He does have that sort of zen jadedness, but how would you describe Hank? I don't really know. I mean, uh, somebody somebody was on the show. I can't remember who it was. One of the actresses that I work with said, he's a winner who's losing. Right. And I yeah. thought, that's, that's a good way to describe him. Yeah. yeah. Well, he, the role certainly allows you to be... Uh, you know, witty and sarcastic and sort of like uh, devilishly lecherous, but he's also likable. Uh, that, that's the hard part. Yeah. You know, that's the magic trick. In some way, he's kind of an anti-hero. You know, yeah. not just an anti-hero, you know, not like the common man. He's, he's objectionable sometimes, and, and, and I thought the way to make it relatable in any way is to give an audience access to the guy's pain rather than just his anger, you right. know, and his sarcasm and his wit so that if you understand and this this had very much to do with, with Tom's conception of the show which was this is a this is a guy who is having a lot of casual sex who wants nothing more than to be monogamous with the woman that won't sleep with him you know right and I thought I like that paradox you know because it's not about a guy who's out of control it's about a guy who just doesn't care enough to control himself so the Hank Moody character, he is a he is sort of a winner who's losing. But do you think he's losing because Hollywood has totally you know dismembered, <laughs> dismantled this great book he did? And is that it, or is it just that also his personal life's unraveling? What do you think the core of that is? You know, I think it's those things. I think it's a guy you know who had a great success the first couple times out and is terrified of of not being as good as people think. Uh, telling him that he was is uh, who's afraid that he might have written his best stuff at a young age and have, mm-hmm. has nothing left to give has lost his daughter his wife you know just that he's looking at a downhill slide for the rest of his natural life right and, and he does he does seem to be spiraling a little bit and I'm wondering uh, you know in the description of him because I, I mean this is one of He's a great character on television because, you know, he is an anti-hero. He is unlikable, but he is likable as well. And I'm wondering if you think he's more of like a misanthrope. Uh, I know that some people early on said, oh, this character's misogynistic. I actually don't see it that way. I think that he actually loves women. Yeah. But he's just, he's more of a misanthrope. He just doesn't like life sometimes. Yeah, doesn't like life sometimes. I I think he hates himself more than than anything. But I I don't, what saves the guy is that he, he does enjoy a lot of stuff, you know, in his own kind of limited way so he enjoys women he enjoys his cigarettes he enjoys his booze you know it, it's kind of non-pc to say at this point in time but you know he enjoys all those abuses in some ways mm-hmm. i mean he yes he is abusing himself but he seems to be having a decent time <laughs> and uh that's more fun to watch in this milieu because of comedy than a guy who is you know well just to use like an example of uh, something that I did, Things We Lost in the Fire, where, uh, which is ironically the name right. of the movie. But, you know, Benicio Del Toro is playing a real junkie, and, you know, that's taken seriously, and that's not a comedy. Right. So 
um, because it's a comedy, you, you don't want to see a guy spiraling down into darkness, uh, you know, without the lightness. Sometimes I want to just say, look, it, it, we're, this is a comedy. This is not a 12-step program. It's, it, and we're not saying you should smoke, you should drink, you should have casual sex. It's a comedy. Right. There's also that element to it where uh, you're talking about being, having been fun to watch. I mean, it, it's a rush to watch because it's like... Hank doesn't seem like he's descended that extra step where he's just going to be a screw up this whole time and, and morose. He's sort of like, like you said, he's, he's kind of loving this this situation he's in while at the same time hating it and want to get out of it. Right. But, you know, the guy's getting laid a lot. He's well, he doesn't apologize. Like the last episode uh, when Natasha walks in on me having a threesome <laughs> with my agent. Right. And, you know, she's walking away and she's saying, you know, you're disgusting. And I say, Hank doesn't apologize. He says, no, I admit that was disgusting, but nobody asked you to come in, you know? <laughs> right. And to me, that's like a key to the character is he tells the truth. Yes, that was disgusting, but, you know, I didn't invite you over. Right. You know, right. What, what are you doing walking in? You know, he's like, he doesn't apologize because it's disgusting. Right. You know, he he admits it is, doesn't apologize, and wants to know what, what the hell she was doing walking in his house. <laughs> Part of what we were talking about in this character is that the tricky part is making him likable. And for you, what it, what is it that he get? What is it that translates uh, to the viewer that makes him likable? Is it just because you know he still loves his ex, or he loves his daughter, or that he's just like kind of like having a devilishly good time and not? Well, being... I don't know. That's like I said. That's the magic part of it. It's like that's that's where all the the writing and the performing and the, the directing and it, when, when it all comes together and hopefully causes that magic of a show to work or not to work. I think it's a combination of choices that were made, some conscious, some unconscious, and they came together well this year. Yeah. Were you surprised? I mean, uh, you know, like you said, you've had two two successes before that, but uh, as you well know, you would know as well as anybody, television, making a hit on television is, is almost impossible. Well, I told Tom Cavanaugh, you know, when, when we shot the pilot and before we were picked up, I said, I've done two pilots, they're both picked up, so if we don't get picked up, I'm not the problem. <laughs> uh, so, yes, I'm, I'm a little surprised. I, I'm, my fear was that I would be embarrassed by it, you know, because I'm a little bit, I'm not a prude, but, you know, I certainly have, I have a sensor in my head that mm-hmm. goes, you know, Oh God, I don't want Tay to see this, or my kids when they grow up, or my mother. Right. My father's dead, so I don't care, you know. Right. But certainly, I'm not as ballsy as Hank when it comes to that. Right. So my fear was, okay, we're going to make the show, and nobody's going to see what we're doing. All they're going to see <laughs> is that we're we're doing tits and ass, and I'm cursing, and I'm showing my ass, and I'm too old to be doing that, and you know, it's just going to look. Uh, desperate and stupid and they're going to look beyond they're not going to look beyond what I think we're doing right. what me and Tom think we're doing Right. and we're going to get cancelled really soon and we're never going to get a chance to show that we weren't just out there to show young girls titties up on the screen Right. so that was my fear and uh, you know we kind of weathered that storm because of course you know I'm not casting aspersions on you or the press or anything, but that's the first thing that, oh, God, that's, that's, that was the red flag to the bull. Right. Was sex, sex, sex. And I was sitting there kind of mildly embarrassed. And I just thought, okay, just hang on. And people, you know, if, if they care, they're going to stay and they'll see the, the show that we're making. They're going to get over this initial kind of uh, fit. <laughs> 
right. uh, that sex causes people to have, and then they're going to say it's about something else. And, and I feel vindicated is not the word, but I feel very kind of proud of, of all of us that that we weathered that storm and, and uh, you know, people who care or want to be entertained or being entertained by what what we think we're doing rather than, you know, the, the one-line tagline might tell you what it's about. Certainly, I think most critics got over that quickly. I mean, obviously, there's a certain certain bunch of it that's going to, again, in Red Rag to the Bull, no question. And, yeah. you know, Showtime sent out the first three episodes. It was pretty clear within the first couple, you know, kind of who this guy was and where right. is it going. And it's a hell of a lot deeper than just, right. you know, na- obviously being naked and, and, and Showtime being able to use its pay cable freedoms. Right. But what what struck me about this, as it went deeper... And and as he be, you had that balancing act of of Hank being this kind of character who's, who's kind of dark but also funny, and he's right. kind of screwed up, and he's doing bad things, but he's having a good time, and it's a real delicate balance. Is that you? You are kind of known. I mean, you're you're a funny guy. Obviously, you had funny stuff on Larry Sanders. You were funny on X Files, even though that was mostly you know mm-hmm. serious drama. Uh, when did you get pegged as like being like the the straight drama guy? I mean, you're obviously very you know, I think I, I like to say it's, it's just because I'm so good at it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I think it's probably uh, just the over, the overall image of the X Files, which is kind of dour and, and somber and buttoned down. Right. Um, I think part of it has to do with my my personal level of energy, which is not <laughs> antic. <laughs> and, That's a great way to put that. Personal level of energy. Yeah, uh-huh. and therefore, again. I say this delicately. People who don't care to look any deeper are not going to see that I don't look like I'm being funny. Right. Therefore, I can't be funny. Right. right. Uh, so it's a combination of those kind of things. Yeah. And and did you think that uh, uh, for those people or for some people that uh, some of the early Larry Sanders stuff kind of brought out a different side of you or what? That was very weird uh, for me because it was like such a, at that point, I mean, when that happened, um, there was like this uh, big kind of uh, reaction to, oh, my God, you're funny. And I thought, yeah, I'm kind of funny in that, but I'm funnier than that. You know, I can do I can do more than that. And I thought, God, I've just done something a little funny, and they're going crazy about it. I, I hope I can find something that I really think is, you know, my kind of funny. And this is the first time in my career where I think I'm kind of existing in a comedic space that is actually my own rather than trying to fit myself into something else. Right. So, I mean, outside of the obvious uh, uh, drawbacks of the Hank character, you're, the, that part of him is more like you then. You're, that's kind of your sense of humor? Yeah. The, the, the comedy of the show is more, is more my sense of humor. Right. Well, we have two, there's two episodes left. And for you, uh, you're executive producer of this as well. And when you were sitting with Tom going over scripts, and uh, how did you want to see the arc of this? I mean, because... We talk about delicate balances in this interview, but one yep. of them is you can't have Hank sort of stewing in it his whole life. So, no, well, you know, I I I kind of kept out of it. You know, I I, I was so busy shooting, right. uh, I'd get the scripts, you know, maybe three days before we were shooting, maybe a day before we were shooting them, and you know, I really had precious little time to react. At that point, uh, I would just. Maybe make, maybe we'd make changes that could be done at that point. They, they couldn't be structural or story-wise. All I knew about the the year was that that I was going to be trying to get back together with with Natasha, and that at some point 
the Mia character was going to steal my novel, which I thought was a great yeah. plot line. Mm-hmm. So I was very happy about that plot. But I didn't, I didn't care so much about the plot because I, I never thought that the the show was plot driven. I mean, if you're if you're if you like plots and you like happening, it's really not the show uh, to look at. You know what I mean? I mean, you look at some, uh, you look at Weeds, and they have more plot in one episode than we have in the whole year. <laughs> right. you know, that, that that show is. Is nuts, you know. Yeah, they're spinning a lot of plates on weeds, no question. It's just all plot. Yeah. You know, I mean, so it's nice to be liberated from plot in a little way. I mean, I, we're not plotless, but it's nice to not have to be talking your story all the time. Right. And this and you, more and of actually, a character study, you think? Yeah, you're talking character. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's fun when the, when the situation the character's in, you know, the plot that the character is involved in is bringing out his character. And that's that's fun. Right. You know, I didn't know what the last episode was going to be like. Have you seen that? Uh, no, I'm caught up through to, right. to through tonight. So I, so I was very time. surprised at the last episode and and worried mm-hmm. um, going forward. You know, but that's not that's you know. That, then I then I just thought, well, you know, Tom seemed to know what he was doing last year. Uh, I can only trust that he knows uh, where he's going from here. Yeah, or that he'll figure it out. You know, we've we've got some time. You know, it's not. It's not like we got to figure it out today. We we won't shoot again till April. Yeah, and the good thing about Showtime and ca- and like cable in general is that they you know they, they allow they allow series to to breathe a little bit to tell a story uh, if they, if they choose to. I know that Weeds runs a little quicker, but Sopranos, etc. You have a little room to breathe. You don't actually have to you know get it done in twenty two episodes. No, we only did twelve this year, and right. um, we'll probably do twelve next year. Yeah. And and uh, want to quickly go back to what you talked about a little bit, being a little bit nervous about it being embarrassed and, and misinterpreted going into it. Uh, the two questions: one is just the kind of kind of light one. I mean, yeah, I watched this with my wife, and she she had the same thing. It's like, you know, is his wife okay with this? I mean, I, and I thought, well, you know, if he doesn't give me the typical Hollywood answer that hey, we're both actors and this stuff happens. I mean, still, there's it, you know, it's pretty interesting that you're around naked women a lot in in, in Californication. And how how does your wife deal with that? Um. You know, I'm sure if she had to draw up a blueprint for what I'd be doing, it wouldn't. It wouldn't be that. Wouldn't be the first thing on her mind. But she loves. She loves the show. You know, and I think that's first and foremost in her mind. And you know, again, it's it's going to sound like bullshit, but it's really not like being around naked women. Right. It's like <laughs> it's like shooting a television show where some of the women happen to take their clothes off from time to time. And right. It's, it's not sexy. Right. It, just, it just ain't. What can I tell you? Right. Well, because he's and he's also. Not, I mean, his predicament is it's part of it's joyless because what he wants to do is be back with his ex. He wants to be back with Karen, and obviously you convey that throughout. At what at what point do you think that uh, the, the Hank character, or I guess at what point were you like not worried about the embarrassment or uh, of the of the idea of the show or whether people's perceptions? When did you think people were getting it and you were comfortable with it? Well, I had to I had to be okay with that before before it came out. Right. You know, I I I find that to be my job as a as somebody whose work is publicly digested that y- you have to divorce yourself from what other people are going to think before it comes out or else you're Right. So, that happened beforehand. Um uh I think uh in terms of uh Uh, what was the other part of the question? I'm sorry. No, that's okay. I know. You, I, know I know. There's a fire on going on at the same time, and it's tough to. Uh, yeah. I, hopefully, you're getting through that, and it's going to. So far, gonna be so good. far. Yeah. yeah. Um, but now, obviously, this this thing took off, and uh, Californication took off, 
it's a you know it's a hit for Showtime. It it's interesting that you're part of this cusp with these other shows on Showtime where people are making that mental shift, moving their money out of HBO, moving it over to Showtime. That's a pretty big, uh, right? A pr- pretty big adjustment. And you've got you've been picked up for the next season, right? Uh, and uh, you know things are moving on, and we'll know more in the next couple of Mondays how how Hank fares through the season, right? But uh. I would be remiss, and I would probably have to deal with thousands of emails if I didn't bring it up. Uh, I know there's X-Files. You've got the script. You've read the script, and there's X-Files news to be. Yeah. I, as far as I know, we're, we're, sh- we're going to be shooting uh, in Vancouver this winter. Mm-hmm. For you, is it going to be uh, good to get away from the Hank character a little bit or, or, or bad to get back into the Mulder character? <laughs> Uh, neither. You know, neither. it's like, uh, you know, playing Mulder at this point will feel more like another role Mm -hmm. and not just the same one uh i don't uh i I never feel like i'm getting away or going towards uh characters i I just feel like uh you know there's a lot of you got a lot of preparation and you figure out what you're doing and then um you know it's not like i'm i'm living i'm living the character i hate to say you know i don't i don't bring it home right right well, lastly, and I just want to just touch on this quickly. I mean, a lot of a lot of people who are either go to New York and do the thing. You've kind of had, you can kind of do these X Files movies, you know, as they come up. Obviously, you've, it's not like a grind of doing twenty two a, a, right, se- a exactly. season. Yeah. And it seems like you found a comfort zone in Californication, close to your house. And uh, in terms of television, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, network television is is a one hour drama. Network television is probably the most physically demanding gig in in show business in in acting in the acting business right right and you know it's not firefighting it's not demanding the way life-threatening jobs are but it but over a decade you know it it's it's training which Mm -hmm. is what what we did it for nine years so yeah you know it was time and uh I, i i never wanted to kind of do that particular uh grind again yeah well i think you're obviously onto something else here too and it's uh, right. um i think people the more people are uh getting on to showtime more of them are coming on i'm sure when the dvd box set comes out if they're not watching it right now i hope so the, because i'm really proud of the, the the season and i hope we can continue to 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 you know make people laugh which is which is kind of a cool thing to do yeah well it's great work and it, and it makes a tv critics job that much easier no oh good <laughs> Well, David, I know that you have a, a tough situation there. I, I wish you and best. And I'm going to go sanitize the rest of the season for All right. you. Thanks very much. Bye. And that wraps up our interview with David Duchovny. Tune in to the TV Talk Machine podcast on Wednesday when we'll have as our guest Ricky Gervais, star of The Office and Extras. <laughs>